Welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. Uh, I am Tom, and I am joined, as always, by Chris. Hello. And this week, Stu is back. Yay, hello. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It was lonely in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor you. <laughs> that's, that's a boast comment, if anyone <laughs> Not so humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with it being a Formula One free weekend this last weekend. We have a couple of little bits and pieces to catch up from the other worlds of motorsport. And then we're going to take a look at the Monaco Grand Prix coming up this weekend. So um, I think we'll start with Formula E because a fairly eventful race actually saw Daniel Apt win from pole in an Audi 1-2 in Berlin, which is only the second time there's been a 1-2 in Formula E. And um, it's an impressive feat, I suppose, for a home team and a home driver to to win a race. I think that's it's also the first time that's happened from memory. Yeah, it's home team, home race, win, pole position, fastest lap. Like, yeah, couldn't have been better for him, really. No, Grand Slam. Yep. Um, I've been really impressed with Daniel Lap this season, actually. It's like, I think, to start with, like, when your surname is the same as the name of the team, like, it kind of... Yeah, makes people think you're only there for one reason and to start with he was a little shaky the first season or two and I think, I mean, Degrassi's obviously outperformed him across the seasons but he's been really quite impressive this year. I think the the current cars suit him a lot more than the uh, previous iterations did. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's one of those uh, races where you tend to see uh, quite a bit of interesting overtaking as well there's quite there's a couple of long straights going into quite heavy breaking points and even if you just watch the highlights it's overtake after overtake after overtake something that we're not necessarily always that used to being formula one fans (laughs) (laughs) but um even though apt kind of took the lead from pole and disappeared there was an extremely eventful race in my opinion behind him um and john Verne is now Leading the championship by just a little bit more than he was previously. Uh, Forty points is his lead now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He extended his lead, didn't he? Sandra just a didn't little. Do so great, he finished seventh. And Rosenquist yeah. didn't have such a good race either. Kind of not ruling him out completely, but more or less out. He's of it more now. or less out, you know, isn't he? Yeah. He pretty much threw it away in turn one, didn't he? He just went. <laughs> he seemed to forget to break for turn one and just flew yeah. wide. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's lucky that he was at a track where you can run wide. Actually, there's not many Formula E circuits where that's an option. Yeah, it's quite a cool track, the Berlin. It really track. is. Yeah, it looks like an actual racetrack as opposed to a bunch of ninety degree turns. Which well, I guess, I guess the thing is, like, because it's built on the old airport, they basically just had a big old blank canvas to yeah, yeah, stick up barriers to build a track. And like the, the first race they had there, they built a track and sort of it wasn't great, so they went, hmm. That didn't really work. Take it all away. Come back with a new design, and I guess that's the beauty of that. You can just adjust it as you want because it's just a big flat expanse of airport. We we yeah. actually talked about this specific race last year, and I remember one mm. thing standing out, and that was the air cannons in the tunnel. 
Yes. <laughs> that was a standout yeah. feature. And they, and they yeah. were gone this year, and weren't it, yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, they were gone. It was every single lap, wasn't it, last yeah. year? They went, mm. Every time the leader came through, they like, sent the cannons off. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I remember we really we ripped it at the time, and then um, this year watching it, I was thinking, oh, I hope they got the cannons. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Formula One needs: more cannons, more air cannons and tunnels. Cannons. Yeah, <laughs> the tunnel bit is really cool. I really like the fact that if you're in hospital, I mean, obviously not that any of us would ever get a chance to be in hospitality of Formula Three, <laughs> unless you're listening, guys. Um, <laughs> It's it's really cool that it's under it's sort of a tunnel where you can be in hospitality having a drink and you get to experience the cars that close. Yeah, yeah. it's you're basically in this a confined space with them almost. The track goes through the hospitality tent basically. Yeah, it's mega that I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, turn one though, turn that turn one big wide entry into turn one, so loads of different lines into there. And yeah, it, it makes loads and loads of opportunities for overtaking. Maneuver. It makes like turn one in China look short in comparison yeah i do think they they can look a little bit slow around this type of track as well yeah definitely they um the, the sort of position the cameras didn't make them look quite as quick as they can look although that big long wire camera was very cool i have there I think part of it is to do just as well with the fact that the Formula One cameras this year are making the cars look so much yeah. quicker than they have in the past. Because I remember last season we were saying that they did a really good job in Formula E of putting the cameras in positions that made the cars look really, yeah. really quick, and Formula One didn't. And it's almost like that for this race anyway, for the Berlin Epre, that sort of flipped on its head a little bit, and it feels like the cameras are a bit too wide yeah. here, and the cars are looking a bit slow compared mm. to a Formula One car. Um so just an interesting point really mm. <laughs> um, anyone who is interested in following the Formula E um, the next race is another new one which is Zurich and that's in uh, about three weeks time now 10th of June so depending on when you listen to I'm this I've actually seen the circuit for that I one. haven't no, to I be haven't. perfectly honest with you I haven't looked either or I've not seen anything on it I've seen that it's Let's sort of um, it's two very long straights and then sort okay, of a yeah, twisty, a picture twisty streets bit. It's not the most exciting one I've ever seen. I'll be honest. Um, Is it more exciting exciting than the uh, uh, Miami Grand Prix? <laughs> it's it's not dissimilar <laughs> actually. Hang on, it looks a little. It's, it, look, it almost looks like a street version of Monza. To me, this does a little bit, doesn't it? Like with the square, it's Monza with square corners, <laughs> yeah, ninety degree corners. <laughs> Actually, that he has like got a backwards parabolica, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, a slightly tighter one, but even so, yeah, yeah. Um, but I believe I'm right in saying if Vern wins in Zurich, he will take championship. I think I don't think he'll be able to be beaten after that. Um, at the moment, he is forty points in front with three races remaining, and. It all varies in Formula E because you do get points for pole and fastest lap, don't you? You get the extra yeah. points. Yeah. So it can swing um, based on that. I can't remember. Is it's, it 25 for a win still it, in that? 20, it's Yeah, it's 25 for a win, three for pole position, and one for yeah, fastest there lap. You go. I believe. Yeah, but that'd make, that'd make sense because Apt for his little grand slam this weekend got uh, 29 points. Yeah, so that, that, that math does make sense. <laughs> Good math, quick maths. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we're also about to have the first championship where Renault doesn't win the uh, 
constructors because yes, Renault Audi. have won every season so far. No, to Cheetah are it's a cheetah. quite a way ahead. Yeah. Cheetah have been amazing this season. Like, yeah, for a privateer, they've really impressed. Yeah, and yeah. they they're quite away in front of a little different when it's constructors, but it's like yeah, they're about forty four points in front four, now. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two two oh five points for T- T- Cheetah, Um Audi. 40, what was it? What did you say? 30, it's 44 uh, in front. Uh, 44 behind, uh, d- sorry, d- Audi. This episode, I'm not going to be able to do much maths <laughs> because it's just I've just travelled for 40 hours to be here today. <laughs> That's not a joke. So forgive me, listeners. Um, this is probably also going to be the first Formula E season that doesn't go down to the final race as well because every previous season we've had like True. a final race shootout for the championship. But Werner's sort of been done with that yeah he either needs well it needs either him to have a bad weekend or two and bird to have good ones yeah or it's not going to go down to the final race yeah which is a shame in a way but it it, it could at his motorsport though it could happen oh yeah it's about time john eric Verne won one as well to be honest because he's he's been fairly solid He's been there or there. Like, there's there's that kind of, like, him and Bird and sort of a few others who have always been there or thereabouts. And they've got, like, picked up wins here yeah. and there, so... And the car's finally with him. A bit like what yeah. Buemi had with um, the Renault. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Speaking of Buemi, where's he? Had He's a shocking fifth, season, haven't they, Renault? Fifth or something yeah, in the... Yeah. fifth. Yeah, yeah. He got absolutely elbowed out of the way into turn one by... Uh, yeah, he really did. I think it was Sean Eric Verne, actually. Yeah, it might have been actually. Proper elbows out, bumped his front wheel into his like side pod, yeah, and shifted him, and then did him, and it, yeah, it just when we had no answer, he was slower at the time. I mean, um, this in a way, this might be sort of a repeat of the troubles he had in Formula One. Like when he's got a car under him that is doing what he wants it to do, he can be unbeatable. But as soon as the car's not quite there for him, he um he tends to struggle a little bit. Yeah, it does a bit. But having said that, like the 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 fight for third position in the championship is super tight. You've oh yeah, Ro- still very close. Yeah, you got Rosenquist on eighty six, uh, Apt on eighty five now, and Wemmy on eighty two. So literally, that is all to play for, you know. Yeah, third position in the championship. Did we? While we're talking about Formula E, did we mention Massa on last week's podcast? I cannot remember, but just to be safe, he is joining Formula E next season. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> After a year or two off, who's he, who, which team is he joining? He is joining uh, Venturi, which is Leonardo DiCaprio's team, who unfortunately have been not one of the better teams in the last few seasons of Formula E. Um, maybe the presence of someone like Massa is who they need to uh, develop that yeah. car and put it towards the front. It's unfortunate as well because Engel and Dillman, who are driving for them this year, are both very good drivers but Dillman's not mm. had a point yet and um, although I don't think has he raced for them all season I can't remember I know Engel has not quite every race I think yeah because he's got other commitments um, but Engel sort of picked up odd points here and there but it's not been a great year for them but no yeah good to see Massa there though I think yeah and in speaking of ex-F1 drivers driving Formula E cars there were quite a few there this weekend, actually. Um, well, da- David Coulthard was on commentary duty because yeah. um, Frankiti was away. Uh, Mark Webber was knocking around in the paddock as well. But one 
um, Nico Rosberg. Yeah. Actually drove one of the cars. <laughs> next year's car. Next the year's new car. car. The Batmobile. Yeah, the, the Batmobile. And nearly binned it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he had a... I think he was on Friday. He got to drive it around the streets of Berlin for a little bit, um, which is particularly good because they didn't bother closing off the streets. He was just, like, driving around while there was still traffic and doing donuts in junctions and I stuff. I love that about fun. Formula E. They just go for it. They don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't need to close it. Just, just you know, just drive it. You have to wonder if they even ask permission. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. do, don't you? Like they probably didn't. Like they probably just thought, <laughs> no. Oh, just if if see any police, just pull over and we'll explain a way out of it. <laughs> yeah, this is Nico Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> but your car uh, is not road Ger- legal, sir. Yeah. Be- being a German Formula One driver in Germany, ex Formula One world champion, driving a Formula One looking car in Germany, probably. <laughs> if anyone's going to get away right. with it, he's the right guy for it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then Saturday, he got to have a drive around the actual uh, Berlin Epre track, um, and he didn't mess around, did he? No, he was yeah. pushing, wasn't he? It was really pushing. Like he had like a lap and a half of like getting his eye in, and then he just went for it. <laughs> um, and they had like the radio open, and you could hear him like asking how to adjust the brake balance and stuff because he had a massive lock up at one point and nearly stuck it in the wall. Yeah, oh, that that was really tight. He said it was the first time he'd basically been in a single-seater race car since he won his F1 championship. You could so. tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it looked like a real handful as well, though, the car. Because obviously there's not really... Not not an awful lot of setup work would have gone into making that car work no. for that track because it's just a demonstration vehicle, isn't it? It's not... A, it's, I imagine, like, mechanically, it's probably not quite where... The, the teams will get them to when they're running oh, completely, yeah. in anger, you know, next season. Yeah. Um, so it did look very. It looked like he was driving on eggshells, basically. Like yeah, yeah, he had a few layers not warmed moments. up at all. Yeah, it looked great though. Like yeah. I can't wait to see a full field of those cars driving. Yeah, around. they look like something from the future. It's how a how a top tier race car should look. Like yeah, something from the future. Yeah. They're incredible. Formula things. E cars have done it. The uh, Indy cars look like that. I think as well. Now they've just about cracked it. So let's hope in twenty twenty one. That Formula One cracker yeah. as well. I'd quite like to see one next to the current car because when you see the current cars in the flesh, they're much bigger than you'd think they are considering mm. they're driving around twisty little streets. And maybe it's an optical illusion, but the new one looks even bigger. So yeah, hopefully they can still race each other. Then again, I mean, they're built to be barging past each other, aren't they? So yeah, they'll be yeah, solid they're not, at least. they're not massively dependent on the aero that they have, are they? Which oh, is, not which is the key. Um, so... One of my standout memories of uh, seeing a Formula E car in the flesh for the first time was we were we went to we we were lucky enough to get into to get tickets to the Virgin tent for the British um, E Prix when that happened, and um, they had the, like I think it was last season's car they had just out for anyone to get in they could get in it and just take pictures and do whatever. And um, so many people have been out of it that like the wing mirror was hanging off of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, the, the level of access you get at Formula E races is next level. Like I recommend yeah, going to one because you, you get so much closer to a proper, proper top-tier race car than you ever yeah. would in, in Formula 1 or even in World Endurance. And you do get close to them there. I really hope we get another UK round sooner rather than later. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's... there's rumour that uh, Birmingham is going to be on the list. The uh, the new mayor of Birmingham is very much pushing for 
Birmingham's host around, which I'd be wow. chuffed about because uh, people of the world the come to Birmingham <laughs> come to for Birmingham. a race. Yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> hey, we, can all, we can all go to the race and kip on my dad's floor or something afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we should give away tickets to Chris's dad's floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a hospitality package. Yeah, hospitality yeah. package <laughs> care of back of the grid. Airbed on the floor, fry up in the morning. <laughs> 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 I'm not e saying that style. is the prize if you get five out of five, but I'm not saying yeah. it's not the prize. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll ask your dad next time we see your dad. Your dad probably would let that happen, to be fair. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi for listening. <laughs> um, in terms of other series and other retired F1 champions, um, <laughs> our podcast favourite, Jensen Button, actually took the overall lead in Super GT this for this season. Um, they're only two races in, but they finished second twice, which is putting them in the lead of the series. Him and teammate Yamamoto um, finished second in Suzuka. So that was nice to see. It's good to see JB on a podium again, more than anything. Yeah. We've seen him and Alonso on podiums this year. That's yeah. not happened for a long time. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he seems to be really enjoying it over there, doesn't he? I can imagine that being in something competitive in his series and being in a place he loves like Japan is probably yeah. two things that just add up to a whole multitude of happiness for him for after what was a torrid time for his last few yeah, years in F1. Just seeing, just seeing him getting out of a race car and smiling again is quite a nice thing. Yeah, indeed. Definitely. Um, and it, we talked about this a little last year, but the Indy 500, one thing I just wanted to point out with that is that um, a lot of people who follow sort of junior open wheel series will probably know the team name Carlin because they've done things like F2, GP3, Formula Renault, uh, Formula Ford, Formula 4, like all sorts of things um, through the years. But this season marked their first ever season in a top tier of open wheel series and they've entered the Indy series with two cars, but they've actually managed to qualify in the top 20 with both cars for the Indy 500. So Charlie Kimball and ex-F1 driver and Brit Max Chilton have qualified 14th and 20th respectively. So that's not too bad going for a new team, in my opinion. Yeah. Is that a rookie, rookie season for the team as well? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, it, it should be in, you should say inaugural season. That's mm-hmm. the correct term, isn't it? It should be an interesting uh, race this year because it's a lot of the big names have kind of fallen quite way back in qualifying. Yes. Like um, James Hinchcliffe, who's like, if he's not leading the championship, he's well up there, didn't even manage to qualify for the race. Because obviously the Indy 500, there's lots of additional cars that aren't just in the normal IndyCar championship. Mm. And he yeah. actually messed up qualifying so much, he's not going to be racing. Um, then like Alex Rossi, who won it two years ago, he's like, P32, I think he qualified. Yeah, Ross is um, down the bottom. But then you got people like, like you say, these the, the Carlin's doing well, and like Danica Patrick's come back for like one last like final hurrah before I think she retires, and she made it through to the. Uh, I think she's not like the top ten. She managed to qualify. She's certainly high up. So nice. Could be an interesting one. It's it's going to be one to watch this one because word has it that the draft effect in these cars that they're running. Uh, Indy is really really powerful so for those that don't know I mean probably most of you do know what a draft is but for those that don't it's when you're behind a car and you're in the slipstream of it Um, and it sounds when you've got a big bunch of cars all around each other 
it gets bigger. It's a bigger and bigger and bigger effect. It gets more and more amplified because that draft gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, and with so many cars in the field in the Indy 500, it's just going to be absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Plus, with these, this sort of new car with the new aero could be, be interesting to see how that works as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a good one. So moving on to actual Formula One news, which is, I guess, what we're actually here to do. <laughs> so there's a new shareholder at McLaren, and it is the first one since Ron Dennis's departure, and they have injected over £200 million into the team. Um, uh, the investment comes through uh, Nidala BVI Limited, which is registered in the British Virgin Islands. Certainly so, for reasons. obscure hedge fund name. Yep, yep. Um, and it's controlled by a Canadian gent by the name of Michael Latifi. Ah. Mm. Mm. Yes. Familiar. Familiar sounding name. Indeed. He is father of Nicholas Latifi, a Renault test driver, well, former Renault test driver, and current Force India reserve driver. So apparently it is purely a business deal and has nothing to do with Nicholas going to any right. kind of seat at McLaren, but... That's or not so too dissimilar said. from the Stroll Williams scenario, is it really? Yeah, it's. They were very quick to say this is a business deal, and the fact that his son is also a racing driver is just coincidence. But is it? Mm. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a funny coincidence. Keep, yeah, something to keep an eye on at least. I think. Um, yeah. Van Dorn's I mean, not been amazing this last couple of seasons against. Alonso. Then again, yeah. He's but he is against gonna... Alonso. Yeah, but then again, is anyone going to get a McLaren seat other than Lando Norris at this point? That's true. Oh yeah, of course, probably. Like, you'd hope, you'd you'd hope, hope with him not. being in the program, though, he's got the priority because oh, totally. it's going to be one of those annoying situations where, as as much as Nicholas Latifi is okay, like he finished fourth or fifth or something in Formula Two last year, yeah. so he's not exactly a bad slow driver he's got potential but for him to just suddenly jump into that seat above someone like yeah. Lando Norris who's worked his way through the program yeah, just because of happen. money involvement it's it's another one of those pay seats isn't it really yeah. well what might happen though is Alonso might get fed up and retire or yeah. move to another team I think it's definitely going to be some combination of Alonso, Van Dorn and Norris next season but what combination is very much up in the air I think yeah yeah. Um, but if, if nothing else it's just good to see some more money going into McLaren I mean that, well is money going to solve the problem <laughs> I, mean, I was now? just about to say know. do yeah. they even need more money I don't, I don't think they really need money do they what they need well, is well they've not really had much in the way of sponsors for a few years now I guess no, but helping. they're one of the only profitable Formula 1 teams though because they've True. got they've True. got a solid business behind them like same as Williams weirdly Williams are quite a profitable Formula mm. 1 business maybe because they're a profitable Formula 1 business they're unsuccessful because they're not putting enough money into being not profitable and putting the money into research on the car yeah you know? maybe. maybe that's the problem <laughs> it'll McLaren. also be interesting yeah maybe I mean it'll be interesting to see if I mean obviously he's a shareholder now so um, that's gonna maybe add to decisions being made alongside the um, the Bahraini investors um, yeah I mean there's already rumours of billions. Um, in Formula One, two hundred million pounds is not an awful lot. Of money. It's not a huge amount. I'm not sure exactly like what that translates of in terms of percentage of the company. It's not gonna be a huge amount, 
But I mean, there yeah. are rumours swirling around that um, Eric Boulier is under some pressure within the team. Apparently, um, Martin Whitmarsh was there as a guest uh, wow. uh, last weekend. I mean, if they're thinking of bringing him back, that seems a little Whoa. on the mm, yeah. desperate side. Mercedes as well have been openly pessimistic about their chances in Monaco, but part of me can't blame them because, I mean, in this era they've not been particularly brilliant round that circuit, have they? In all honesty, they were pretty awful last year, weren't they? Yeah, since since and the year before actually. Like yeah. there was an there was a time where when Rosberg picked up a couple of wins and stuff like that 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 was a time where they were just that far ahead with the engines they could get a lap in clean air to stick it on pole and then it was just a case of maintaining yeah. position throughout the race. Whereas in recent years where other teams have caught up, they've struggled um, quite badly to be honest, especially like you said last year. So. They appear to have not got to the bottom of their issues at Monaco, is what Toto Wolff himself is saying. Yeah, well, Hamilton was 14th on the grid last season. Yeah, I think he yeah. ultimately ended up finishing about 7th or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He uh, finished, yeah. finished in 7th. Bottas was 3rd on the grid and finished 4th. Yeah, got t- overtaken by, I want to say, Ricardo. Ricardo, yeah. He was a, he was yeah. a meat in a Red Bull sandwich, wasn't he? Last yeah. year it was Ricardo and then Verstappen behind him. Mm. But it was, and he uh, finished the race as the meat in a fin sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Working in a head Bottas behind. Um, the, but yeah, it was like Ferrari front row, Ferrari 1-2 last year. Um, and yeah, Mercedes just well off the pace, which is mm. a rarity these days. Mm. Um, then again, is this just them playing things down or actually they're... Uh, <laughs> a little more confident than they have been before. A lot of the time when you see an F1 team playing down the chances, that means that they're quietly confident. So Yeah, it's true. Mind we games. We shall see. Bit of gamesmanship from Mercedes, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I'm, possibly. I'm leaning on the side of not so much. Yeah, yeah we'll find out on Thursday. We'll find yeah. out for, I mean, yeah. practice one and two. Cause, well, in practice two or... When, as they dial up to do their qualifying simulations, we'll know straight. We'll know straight away because yeah. they don't really change all that. I mean, obviously they build up to their fast laps, but it's all driver, so you can tell like the bad cars from the good cars really yeah. easily at Monaco. Uh, I mean, on paper, Red Bull should be pretty quick there. I mean, they're Red Bull are always quick at Monaco, and this season they're probably closer to Mercedes and Ferrari than they have been for a number of years. So. Yeah, and the the key man of it all, which I guess we'll come to a little more in predictions, but it's Danny Rick. Like He's won there in recent years. He's almost yep. won there in recent years. And even when the Red Bull wasn't as strong as it's become in the last year or two, he was always like behind the Mercedes. It was sort of a Rosberg-Hamilton 1-2, and he was the one there. Occasionally, yeah. Vettel was in the mix as well. But generally speaking, Danny Rick is the one that's been there throughout the last probably four um, Monaco Grand Prix, I'd say. So with the car as strong as it's gotten now, I think he's probably going to be one of the ones to watch all weekend. But yeah, we, like Stu says, we will know come Thursday when practice begins. Mm. Yeah, I've got a feeling those Red Bulls are going to be pretty rapid around uh, around the, Monaco this week. The problem yeah. is, though, that uh, Verstappen has crashed every time he's raced yeah. there. 
Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think he, he crashed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday last year. Yeah. Ricardo's um, your boy for sure. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. If he can avoid crashing into his own teammate. Top yeah. Top tips from the people not leading the prediction league. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I am leading the uh official Formula One um what's it called? <laughs> oh the, the, the um, Dream Team Fantasy team. team. Dream Team Fantasy, fantasy Team, that's it. Yeah. Three hundred and one points. Oh yeah. Is there only us three in that though? Yeah. No, there's other people in ours now. What? Oh is there? Yeah. Hello, friends. Is anyone people else? Joined. Anyone people else who's joined the back of the grid? No, I miss that. The problem there is, Stu, you did not have Grosjean, and me yes. and Tom did have Grosjean, and that was basically yeah. our undoing. Basically, we now don't have Grosjean. That's not a problem, not having Grosjean. Grosjean is the problem. <laughs> uh, and now he's gone. <laughs> so, who who do you think is going to be good? Who else do you think is going to be good at Monaco? Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the Saubers get on. Like they've had like decent pace this season anyway and I think a place like Monaco is somewhere where a sort of smaller slower team traditionally can sometimes do well yep. so maybe a third race in a row for points for them Fing- fingers crossed for a decent Leclerc finish in my yeah. opinion in his own backyard yeah it'd be nice what about his French compatriot Gasly mm, I mean he won there in F2 I think didn't he Yes, I want to say he, yes, did. he did. I know Leclerc I didn't because I checked that earlier. Yeah, one one of the few places Leclerc didn't win in F two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Mr. Gasly did. And Gasly's teammate Hartley. Now he's got a lot. He's got a lot on his uh, plate this weekend, doesn't he? Yeah, I've seen more rumors like swirling around that they're going to replace him after Monaco. Um, whether I mean, how much truth there is to that, I don't know. It's very much rumor. It it seems harsh to replace someone after Monaco because it's such a lottery yeah. of a race anyway. Um, mm. Personally, I don't think he's been performing in a way that warrants him being replaced. Um, plus, like the Red Bull, Red Bull don't have that many young drivers ready to jump in. I mean, the rumor a week or two ago was that Verline was being lined up for the seat, which is bizarre. Yeah. It just seems like back to the the good old Red Bull ways of chopping and changing drivers. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it? it's very premature to be to yeah. be kicking Hartley out. I think it's hopefully for his sake. It is just a vicious rumor, and there's no truth to it. Yeah, it, it, I think he's been a bit unlucky as well. He had a punct- remember he had that puncture. That yeah, um, he's- that was the reason because things have looked a lot worse for Hartley than what they actually are. Because most of these issues that he's had have not been his fault. The thing that's hanging over him, I think, is in practice. Was it practice free at Spain? He, he yeah took the rear of his car to bits, yeah. didn't he? So they're probably not very happy about that, and that's maybe why these rumours are starting to surface. Because he's down to like no components as well as yeah. The the other head. the other factor that sometimes comes into play with these is if there's somebody out there as in I'm talking agents that have a driver that's sniffing around at a seat because can you remember the whole thing it was to be honest I think it was sign it was it was a thing between science and Verstappen if you remember the whole thing sniffing around about one of those two replacing Kvyat in the main Red Bull mm. seat and it all kind of came out because the agents were dropping little bits and pieces yeah. um, and that's how it all came into the public eye originally so it wouldn't surprise me if something like this is starting from 
somebody that's maybe sniffing around. It's definitely yeah, possible. Yeah, quite possibly. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we'll see. But with that, I guess maybe we should do our proper predictions. On one of the hardest races of the year to predict. Yeah. The, five out of five the, the inbound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might as well buy a lottery ticket this week. <laughs> You've more chance of winning the lottery than getting all these right. Um, so... Uh, who shall we do first this I'll go first this week because I've not been on for two weeks um, fastest in Q3 before penalties so pole position um, Kimi Räikkönen was last year Kimi Räikkönen was last year I am going to say Ricardo. I'm sure you guys both are as well uh, Tom I am not <laughs> I I've got this suspicion that Ferrari will have some pace here. So I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel for pole position. And Chris? I'm going to go for the other Ferrari and say another Raikkonen pole position. Raikkonen pole position, cool. Um, Split up apart already. Mm. Yeah, excellent. This is, this is what I like to see. Different, yep. different <laughs> opinions. Um, Tom, who have you got for the win? I said it earlier and I'm going to stick with it and I think Ricardo is the one to watch. The Red Bulls tend to be better in the race than the qualifying at the moment and that's why I think it's going to fall to Ricardo. Cool. Uh, Chris? I can't decide if Ferrari going to do what they did last year and use the pit stops to put Vettel in front of Raikkonen or if Ricardo is going to get in the mix to stop them being able to do that. Mm. Well, this is that's where my <laughs> prediction comes from is yeah. him being good enough in the race to not I'm let him go have for that the, luxury. I'm going to go for the latter and I'm going to go for a Raikkonen and win because Ricardo will be second, which means they won't be able to do some cheeky swaps for Vettel. Ah, interesting. Okay. That's interesting. So, Chris, you're Raikkonen, Raikkonen win. Double Raikkonen, yeah. Double Raikkonen. Um, I am going to say Ricardo for the win because I think these cars are just too hard to make passes with around a circuit like this. Bearing in mind, I earlier, just to refresh my mind, watched last year's race highlights and the highlights were as follows. The start, the pit stops were for Vettel, Raikkonen and Ricardo, and then Jensen Button flipping uh, Pascal Verline. <laughs> That was the highlights of... Oh, and sorry, and then Marcus Ericsson crashing into the barrier behind the safety car. The, those awesome. were the highlights of that race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, And based on Spain as well, where another difficult-to-overtake track, I I don't think we're going to see very much overtaking no. in these white cars no. at all. I, I think so. my change in pull to winner is purely going to come from a pit stop situation more than anything. That's one. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Okay, Chris, uh, who you got for first DNF? Now, that is a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. Um, interestingly, last year, there wasn't a term one incident. The first no. one was on lap 15, and that was Hulkenberg. And that was a gearbox failure. So. Yeah. Ah. We didn't actually have a collision until lap 57 it's last quite year. Quite a long way into that race, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think just the cars are so wide now that like yeah. it's hard for them to get even get alongside each other to go for a move and cause a collision in the first place yeah without going to the back of someone there's an obvious choice here and I don't know if I should go for it or not oh no go on what are you going to oh, do oh no I know what he's going to say go on 
It's Grosjean. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. That's so harsh. Uh, but I was thinking it as well, so I'm going to go yeah. Grosjean. <laughs> oh, goodness. I've got two two. So you're both going Grosjean? Yeah. Um, Tom? Oof, well. Um, I'm just going to go with the other Haas and say Magnussen. <laughs> Magnussen? Magnussen's been good, though. I don't yeah, think Magnussen... Oh, oh, mate, are you sure you're going to go with yeah, that? Yeah, he's, he's been... He's been very close to taking other people out on a circuit this tight. I think it might come to a head this week where he does wipe himself mm, yeah. out or somebody else. So. Yeah, he, he has been sailing very close to the wind this last yeah. few races, hasn't he? As good as he's been in terms of his results finishes, he's had some very close calls the last couple of weeks. Well, weekends. Mm. Okay, number of finishes last year only thirteen finishes, mm. and only and only two of those were from collisions with other cars, uh, and two of them were accidents. So I don't know. I mean, two that say collision damage, two that say accidents. I, you yeah. assume that all. Oh no! I guess I guess accident is crashing all on your own, and collision is hitting yeah. somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Oh no! Actually, fifteen officially classified last season. Yeah, but only 13 actually finished, which is what yeah. we care about. Uh, Tricky one, isn't it? Go, yeah, I think I'm going to go 14. No, I'm going to go 15. 15 finishes. Uh, Tom? Well, I dug back an extra year, and there were seven retirements the year before as well. Whoa. So. There were a lot more cars on the track there then, weren't there? Yeah, but there were still seven retirements. There was only two, two, two extra cars. So it's 15 two, finishes with Monica, seven retirements. So... I'm going to go with the seven. Seven retirements. So what's uh, that? That's 13 finishes, sorry. 13 finishes. Yeah, I've got to do it the other You're way. You're asking me to do maths. I warned sorry. you. I warned you at the end of the episode. Sorry, Don't yeah. make me do any maths. <laughs> I think I'm going to go 13 as well. That's what I had in my 13. head. Okay, and then we need a random driver, please, Chris. Drum roll, please. That's what I can do for you. We've had some like pretty top names so far. Um, Ocon. Ooh. Ocon. Oh, I was really hoping for Ricardo. Ocon. Esteban Ocon. This is a hard yeah. one. Uh, and Tom, you are first. Um, oh, it's difficult. He's not too bad around the street circuits, though, is he? When he keeps his nose clean. Um, when he's not got his teammates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seventh. Seventh. That's oh, that's a very that's that's a solid prediction. That I think, Chris. What's yours? Hmm. He finished last year, so he had that going for him. Twelfth, yeah, he was twelfth last season. I mean, ahead of his teammates, there's that. Oh, this yeah. is tough. I'm going to have to press you. Say, I'm going to put him fifteenth. I think he's going to be one of the retirements. Fifteenth. Wow. 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 Retirement fifteenth. Oof. Now, uh, having just pressed you, I've got to decide myself. Um, <laughs> Come on, Stu, uh, hurry up. Where did he finish last? Where did 12. he finish the last race? Oh, last race. Twelfth in. Um, he was the fifth retirement. Fifth retirement. Yeah, so he finished fifteenth by oh, our standards. In, sorry, in, course, Sp- yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Um, so he was twelfth last year in Monaco and last time out. In Spain, he was 15th, technically, by our standings. Uh, 10th. 
round figure, tenth, middle of the road. There we go. Yeah. So that's the predictions done. You can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. Um, there's a prize every week for anybody who gets a clean sweep, as well as a prize for the season champion. Yeah, and I think that covers it for this week. So um, please remember to like, share, and subscribe through whichever means you choose to listen to us. So iTunes or Podbean or Acast, whatever it may be. Um, if you want to find us to talk to us, you can do so by heading to Twitter, which is Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by just simply searching for Back of the Grid, and you can find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid. Uh, there's also the website, which is backofthegrid.com, as Stu already mentioned, where you can contact us through the Contact Us form and obviously sign up for the Predictions League. It is never too late because of that weekly prize. Uh, if you're interested in following any of us personally, I am TomKing89 on Twitter, Stu is Stu underscore PX, and Chris is TNM Chris. Um, so that is it for this week, and I guess we will see you after the Monaco Grand Prix. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's an awkward goodbye. Uh, I was waiting for Chris to come in. Go on. Wait, I'll do the music now. Play us out. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs>